0: This is this would be podcast number 12, if, twelve.
1: Yeah, we could just film an intro and then have that st- be the intro every time, and then we and then we just go into it. We but could. we haven't we haven't done that yet. Do you want to do that now?
2: Let's do it immediately.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cut.
0: Cut. Cut. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll figure this out yes. later. Cool. But I am your host, Science Hater. How's it going? How you doing? Right. <laughs> we have. Best friend of all time, Brian Polito. How are you doing, Brian? We're
2: best friends. Yeah, That's we're nice. best friends.
0: What's going on?
1: Brian, did, much.
0: Brian didn't know that a
2: minute I, ago. I knew it, but I was glad <laughs> he was <laughs>
0: reinforcing it. And I always say this, owner of the gym, owner of the podcast, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, how are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: Classic podcast okay. owner. You
0: know, um, so we actually got some questions from people, right? Partially your trainers, partially from people in the gym. So we're just going to answer some questions today most specifically, right, about uh, athlete and gender differences when training. Um, so let's just jump <coughs> into it. Um, when you get approached, obviously, this is probably a very simple question. When you get approached by an individual that comes in, right, uh, as a very prominent powerlifting coach, do you automatically go in the mindset, like, okay, he's probably gonna do all, like, the three major lifts? Or is this something you direct, like, okay, Squat, bench, dead are good, but because he's an athlete or he's doing something else, maybe we'll avoid those.
1: So would you use the big three?
0: <laughs> would you use one? the big three?
1: Um, I generally don't. Um, okay. For athletes, they don't need to necessarily do any of those movements. Because um, that's what they're doing here is just getting them generally bigger, faster, stronger, leaner, more mobile, whatever it is, more stable, just to, <clears throat> to be better at their sport. So this is all general work that they can then hopefully take out to the field, or the court, or the pool, or whatever, and and be better in practice, and be able to become better athletes because of it. So generally, I don't have our athletes do the big three. We do variations. Yeah. Um, we did a couple of our baseball guys in today. Um, One of them was doing trap bar. Uh, One was doing trap bar with chains, like, just working a little bit more, a little more speed work while keeping the weight down a little bit. Um, We generally, um, outside of maybe football, football bench presses, I think I don't – I generally don't have anyone else bench press. Um, And for football, it's more because our coaches want them to. Is there a reason why that you, like, don't have anyone else bench press? We do a lot of dumbbell pressing. We do a lot of push-ups. Like I say, the baseball guys that are here today – We have one of the guys was was doing uh, feet elevated push-ups. You know, his feet were on a bench uh, with a 45-pound plate in his back um, for like sets of 10 to 12 reps. So I mean, like I like that better for sports than bench press um, for a bunch of reasons. Like it's more like their shoulders are actually moving. We're on the bench press. We're trying to lock them down, which is going to have a better care of their sport, keep their shoulders a little bit healthier, Um, and they don't again like they just they don't need to bench press. Um, so we'll do dumbbell pressing. I like having the, that range of motion where they can get a little bit better stretch at the bottom, uh, but also kind of go through and move as they need to and find a spot that feels good. Like, you know, I always use me as the example, like with my shoulder and elbow bench, being locked in here doesn't feel great. But dumbbells where I can bring them down and rotate my hands and be more neutral feels much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times our athletes will just do that. Um, and squat, we, I, we used to squat a little bit more, but generally with the athletes um, – we either front squat or now that we have the belt squat, we we belt squat a ton. Um, once we get past like goblet squats, we want, like to teach them how to squat, the belt squat's easy. There's no load on the back, and we can work their legs very hard and still do a bunch of other stuff. Um, so I like that one a lot. Uh, I do like front squats because of the core and the upper back strength, and we just we do a lot of single leg work. So no, like <laughs> short answer is yeah, no. Sure.
2: Um, you can progress that stuff endlessly and, right you know, I there, feel like the big three beats you up more than you need to right we have
1: so many more options by not <clears throat> doing the big three yeah. um, so like I said we do variations of that like you you'll see basically every one of our athletes is doing some kind of a hinge whether you know but it, it's probably not a straight bar deadlift it's probably a trap bar or a kettlebell deadlift or RDLs or single leg RDL um, again they're Goblet squatting, their belt squatting, their front squatting, but they're probably not putting a bar on their back. Um, sometimes with a safety squat bar. I do like the safety squat bar, for especially for like the baseball guys, um, and uh, more even so more than front squatting. So just it's less stress on the shoulder. And um, bench, like I said, outside of the football guys, I don't, I don't think any of them bench. I think it's all like loaded push-ups, band push-ups, different like Spider-Man push-ups, dumbbell pressing. Landmine pressing, we use a landmine a lot, um, but yeah, it's so.
2: I think too is like it, it takes for like powerlifting, like that's our sport. Like we're in here and then we're at the right. practice. Right, you yeah. have to do that. Yeah, but then everyone that's not a powerlifter or a weightlifter or a strongman, they go to practice on top of that. So it's just like yeah. you don't want to be beat up for your actual sport.
1: Like it doesn't matter, you know, if our baseball guy as a catcher can bench press more than another catcher. It matters if he can get out of his squat position fast and be able to snap the ball down to second base, or if he can swing you know, pretty violently and make contact. And like I said, if we can get him stronger, if they're already hitting the ball, make good contact, hopefully by just getting generally stronger, the ball goes farther. Now they can hit, you know, instead of singles, they're hitting doubles. And, or if there's you know, the swimmers, I tell them all the time, like, get a better jump off the block. They cover more distance before they even take a stroke. Um, off the wall their flip turns, and then each stroke they get a little bit farther, and, but they still, they're practicing their sport, so the sport-specific mentality that I know a lot of coaches will tell you about, yeah. uh, I, I'm not very sport-specific. Um, I'm athlete-specific, whatever they need, um, and that, that's different per person. So it, we're not like, you know, if you're a swimmer, I'm not practicing your flip turns here, do that in the pool but like I'll have you do goblet squats so you get a better press off the wall. Uh we'll do some TRX stuff to work on like, you know, the range of motion through your shoulders and stuff like that, but we're not doing we're not we're not, not doing flip turns. Does that adjust like on season and off season? Yeah, I mean like it, like <laughs> uh off season we can be a little bit more um a little bit more focused on what we're doing in here. Uh again using the baseball guys as an example cuz like up here in Connecticut, baseball starts. I think for games Monday. They've been just practicing for a couple weeks in scrimmages. Um, I still I still like to keep the intensity pretty high in season, but the volume comes down a lot. And we're doing we do less. Uh, we change the exercises less. Um, less exercises that are really going to beat you up. So, like we'll do reverse lunges instead of instead of lunges, just a little bit less eccentric stre- stress on them, so they're not as sore. Um, we'll use chains a little bit more to, to lower the absolute load on the bar, but at the top they're still lifting as much weight um, and th- and focus on that a little bit more. Um, and then it depends on what they're doing. Someone who's pitching every fourth day is going to be training very differently than someone who maybe is playing shortstop every day or is maybe only playing once every couple weeks. Um, so again, it comes down to athlete-specific. So, someone who's not maybe they're a sophomore playing varsity, they're on the varsity but they're not playing a lot. Their in-season program might not be that much different than their off-season. But someone who's catching every day, their their very different because they need they need a little bit of a break in here because they're catching, you know, a thousand times a week. So. So you don't need to, do it. You don't need to squat in the gym if you're catching every day. Or you'll squat and we'll throw you a bone. <laughs> Yeah, I love, there's, a, yeah. Eric Cressy's got a good quote, like, with the sports-specific stuff. He was coaching a boxer for a long time, and he said sports-specific would be, like, you know, him doing trap bar deadlifts while he punches him in the head. Like It's ideal. Like, that's, that's, our new program. Like, that's so dumb. Like, you <laughs> don't, like, and, or, like, having a, you know, having that boxer, like, throw punches while holding weights. Like, there's, he can go box, and he can do his boxing training, and he can still do push-ups and dumbbell pressing and get stronger in those motions without having to do sports-specific. So I think again, it just it's more the athlete. Yeah. Um, is but there we,
0: should a,
1: start in the the we should
2: start doing punches in the middle of squats. We should start doing punches in the middle of squats. It was such
1: a long way to say no. We'll <laughs> so uh, what I'm saying is no.
0: <laughs> so um, for powerlifting, at least um, we use. We don't really have an off season, right? But there's a lot of like uh, there's times between mm-hmm. meets. Hopefully, enough time. Right, we've had that conversation, before. yeah. yeah. Um, so how does uh, adjusting programs between different like meets and peaking mm-hmm. uh, adjust with what accessories you're gonna give and like what uh, movement patterns are we gonna do? <coughs> because I know there's a specific way like you program our program, right? Is, is, there, is there like uh, adjustments to that as like you get farther away from me mm-hmm. and closer to me
1: yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I would say probably, and sometimes it gets sprung on me, so it's a little bit different. But like, usually, within twelve weeks of a meet, we are in meat prep, um, so we're a little bit more specific. Uh, I, we've talked about before. I, I love using variations of the lifts. You know, we'll do a lot of variations. But as that, in the last twelve weeks, we're doing a little bit less variation. You know, the variation might be high bar instead of. Uh, safety squat bar, or front squat, or giant camera bar, where 20 weeks out, maybe we'll use the giant camera bar to work on different things, but as we get closer to the meet, we're not doing that. Um, same kind of deal, like you know, maybe we're doing a close grip bench on one day, instead of just doing your comp grip every day, but we're probably not doing uh, floor press. We're probably not doing military press that far, uh, that close to a meet. Um, so generally, like I said, 12 weeks in, we're getting a lot more specific to the main lift squat bench and dead. Um, and really, still focusing on the musculature to keep as much muscle. Or if we can still build a little bit before going into the meet, where outside of that 12 weeks, I'm more worried about working on like true weaknesses. Like you know, so if you're really bad in one movement, let's really try to like get that movement back up um, and trying to build as much work capacity and muscle as possible. So the volume's a lot higher. We'll use a lot more single leg work, a lot more dumbbell work a lot more back work, um, but less specific to squat, bench, and deadlift. Um, but even when, when we are squatting, bench, and like we'll do, we'll do more volume on everything. And I'd, I'm actually looking at changing some of that stuff right now, so good luck, fellas. Yep. Um, but I, wanna, I, w- I would love if we could have more uh, <laughs> dedicated off-seasons. I know yeah. that's tough, because like, when you're competing, you do want to compete more often. Um, and if we're competing three times a year... We're probably only getting eighteen ish weeks of like off season um if you're doing four times a year, your off season's pretty short unless really you- un- un- unless you unless we really shorten up the meat prep, which we've done like you know where sometimes people have decided they want to do a meat and it's like okay, that meets in four weeks all right um <laughs> yeah. so it, we you know things change very quickly um but we're I'm trying to look at a little bit different ways of doing that so we can have more off-season style programming, even okay. if it's not necessarily off-season? It leaves, like, less room to... Like, I think...
2: I don't want to <coughs> say all powerlifters, but, I mean, I, I, probably all powerlifters could probably benefit from taking a little bit of an off-season so they have yeah. time to work on right more of the imbalances, more of the weaknesses. Because if you're in meat prep for a year, it's a terrible fucking year. And, like, why... I mean, I don't... I, I think... Most people would benefit from taking time away—not away, but like time to address the things that you wanted to while you're not working what, with a really heavy load. I
1: think you're starting to see a lot. Like it's—it's it's kind of like that Alan Kostrowicz really talks about, like the pendulum swinging back and forth. And like the pendulum was like competition, squat, bench, and dead as often as humanly possible to get better at those lifts. To get and and people do. You get very good at the lifts because you're you're practicing them so much. Uh, I think that pendulum swinging back a little bit more now. You're seeing a lot of guys um i'm posting on instagram a lot of coaches that they're like you know oh man i haven't done a dumbbell row in like two years and they're loading up rows and they're like man like front squats feel so much better than i remember and they're like really pushing that and military press they're like man i haven't military press in a decade and like and i think that's a great thing like i said we've talked about in our other podcasts like i like variation i want to be strong at everything because um, i think for most people and we were just talking to a couple of our members about this now, I like, most people are not going to go to the top level of their powerlifting federation or, uh, or any sport right away. So like, why not just be, why not get better, but be good at a lot of things instead of trying to focus on one thing. And if you're higher level than RA, then maybe it's time to focus a little bit more. But I think if we can branch out more and do more of that stuff, that's great. And that's why I said, I'm trying to figure out how we can kind of in- incorporate some of that stuff a little bit more often. Um,
2: I mean, that stuff changes. I mean, every, I feel like every year there's kind of, like, an adjustment where we try a new thing. Like, the principles stay the same, but we might try a new thing. Or like, Yeah, there's a
1: million thing. ways to get yeah. to the same spot, and, and those. <coughs> I want to find the best way. Yeah. yeah. And I have no idea what that is.
0: Um, <laughs> is, that, is that sort of why you incorporate sort of that, like, bodybuilding aspect in, like, at the end of our programs? Yeah. Right? It's just to address those.
1: Yeah, because, like, I say it all the time, and I don't mean this to be rude to everyone, but, like, almost everyone can be leaner and gain more muscle. Um, it's
2: really fucking rude of you to say like, that. You, <laughs> like, how fucking dare you say that to me? Well, I get that,
1: people are like, so you're calling me fat? I'm like, yes. no. Yes. Um, Just fatter. <laughs> yeah. Just not as but, skinny That's uh, what I'm trying to say. But, I mean, like. You know, except for, like, there's a few people at the top levels that are just, like, you're, like, wow, okay, like, yeah. that's impressive. <laughs> but, like, I mean, for the most part, you can gain a little bit more muscle. You can be a little bit leaner, which I don't know anyone that's, like, man, I really wish I looked better. You know, didn't, w- I'm sorry, like, like don't, I don't want to look better. Like, I really, like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to gain muscle and lean out. Like, oh, I really don't want to see those abs. I just hope I'm, I hope I stay fat. I really want to stay fat. Yet, yeah. Right? Um, so I think that's always a good thing. You know, like I said, the last few weeks before meet, we're not going to really be building any muscle at that point. So, a lot of that will back off a lot because that's not the focus. But even like the last couple weeks, I'll I'll still really make sure that we're getting a lot of upper back work and tricep and core work. So, as we're deloading our volume on everything else to get ready for the meet, we're not detraining in some of those important positions and muscles.
0: Uh, we got one question from an audience member. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the closest to a meet that you would introduce a new exercise? Sort of like a weird variation or like something you just learned. Like, yeah, I want to try <coughs> this now.
1: Um,
2: I guess it can vary on whether it's an accessory or supplemental movement. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's a ball or a within, or, a dumbbell, or a dumbbell.
1: Within six weeks, we're probably not going to bring in anything really new okay because like one of the best ways to get sore is to do something new um, and if you're not used to it and it's something you've never done like the chance of getting hurt or probably more because you don't know the exercise so within six weeks we're probably not do- gonna do anything you haven't done before Unless it's something, like you said, like a very small, like, oh, you've never done, like, oh, a Zotman curl. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> Let's do this instead of a hammer curl. Yeah. But, like, I'm that not going to. take took someone down. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, the
2: Zotman curls fucking my meat prep up. But, like,
1: I'm probably not going to throw in, like, anything that's, like, a supplemental movement that maybe you haven't done before, like, that can wait till after the meat.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, outside of six weeks, like, maybe we'll throw in a little bit here and there. Like I said, outside of 12 weeks, like, yeah, we'll do a lot of that <laughs> stuff. That's fine. To try, to try to see what works better for someone or what they just need to work on. Um, if you're not, and we get some people that do compete that are purposely not peaking for the meet, they're just training through it. Uh, in that regard, that's different. So I'll still give them some of the new stuff because like, we're purposely not peaking. So let's just keep training and then use that meet as a learning experience. Yeah. Um, so we do have someone that's competing next week um, Annie, I don't know if you're listening, oh, uh, and I gave Annie a ton of new shit this week. Oh. Um, but Annie's not peaking for this meet. Uh, okay. she's coming back from uh, some injuries and she's doing really well with her training this week, but like trying some new things, do, like for both fun stuff and just new things to see what she can do and, and work on other weaknesses. And like I said, normally, like when she's back 100% and wants to go into the next meet hardcore, like we're not going to do that. A couple weeks out, but this time we're like, all right, like I'm gonna give you some new stuff, and you know, yeah, let see what happens. You know, see, what happens. See, see, and like, I think a lot of it's just, like I said, it's a mental break too. Yeah. I think squatting, benching, and deadlifting gets very repetitive and get boring, and like just like just doing something new. And sometimes just doing that bodybuilding stuff just feels feels good to do something different.
0: What does that change for equipped lifters? I mean, I'm just adding variation. You're just on killing top, me. Just, you know, on top of one or the other. <laughs> here, here, here's a new stipulation, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, oh shit.
1: Okay. As we break everything. Yeah. Um, for equip lifters, again, kind of th- like, and I'm probably, I don't I mean, I mean, we're probably different in this, I guess, a lot. Like, again, 12 weeks in, we're being a lot more specific. We're in the gear more often. Um, outside of 12 weeks, we're not in the gear that often. Um, or if we are like, you know, maybe we're getting in the shirt, but like the squat suit and the deadlift suit, probably not that much. Or if we are, maybe straps down or maybe just wraps, um, just to overload the squat a little bit. Um, inside of 12 weeks, we're going to be in the gear fairly regularly. Um, just talking to someone yesterday about, uh, they're doing bench only right now, Sarah. And, uh, you know, she's in the shirt like every week right now. Um, she's looking to probably go full power again in single ply and, I told her, like, you know, we'll, we'll start to get it to get the feel of it. Uh, and then as we get closer to the meet, we'll be in it more. And then the last few weeks, we're going to be in it a lot to make sure that she's uh, prepared for it, that, she's, that she knows the gear, then she knows how it fits and knows, how the, knows where the groove is. But, you know, 20 weeks out, you don't need to be in a squat suit all the time unless, you know, if it's a, light, if it's a really loose suit and you're just, you know, you're, maybe you're not getting a lot out of it, then that's probably fine, too. Um, but you don't need to be like in your competition wraps, competition suit 20 weeks out. That's just...
2: Unless you don't like feeling good. <laughs> Unless you like yeah. It. You're, just,
1: you're just doing a lot of work. You like, really hate yourself. like, you know, like I said, if you want to go in like a light wrap and like a loose suit, then sure. Why not? But so it's pretty much, <clears throat> yeah. it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh,
0: how do you feel about using like board presses, pin squats, partial range of movements for raw lifters? I know a lot of you see a lot of equipped
1: individuals I'm using these boards a lot yeah. more. I've gone back and forth in this I don't know probably every year for the last <laughs> 10 years right now at least we're doing we're doing a decent amount of board pressing um, I really like the boards for a lot of people like just um, getting used to holding some heavier weight uh, getting some extra volume in without maybe going the full range just you know saving the shoulders a little bit more uh, Basically, like being able to use some volume at a weight that maybe you could only do for one or two to the chest, and now you can do it for four or five or whatever to a board, um, is a good way to get stronger. I think. I still think you need. and not. We don't only use boards. Um, you know, we're not doing board pressing and floor pressing, and that's it. We are still. We still full range press every week, uh, but I do like to use partials pretty regularly. Um, deadlift depends. Um, Sumo, I definitely like blocks. I like people getting on the blocks every once in a while just to like really overload the movement, work the hips. Uh, conventional, maybe, maybe not. I find blocks to be kind of a tough position for a lot of conventional pullers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> both of you conventional. <laughs> um, so like if you're if you're pulling from mid shin, that's a tough spot, but like maybe that maybe that's a spot that you need to work on. Uh, if you go much higher than that, it starts to get easy like once you get above the knee, it's just ego lift, it's yeah. fun. Um, thousand pounds. Yeah. But uh Again, we still pull from the floor. It's not like I'm get, getting rid of pulling from the floor just for uh, block pulls or rack pulls. We don't do a lot of rack pulls anymore. We can do, a, I mean, you
2: can do, like, a halting deadlift or, like, an RDL. There's other ways yeah. to address the range of motion issue without using a block or a...
1: That's one that we do movement. use a lot. Yeah. More in the off-season um, is, like, a you know like a halting deadlift, like, just pull to the knee, you know, for three or four reps uh, to get your more work off the floor and then, like, add a block in after. Yeah so we kind of m- like skip the knee but you're getting a lot of extra work from the floor and then a lot of extra work from above like from above the knee to um like i said overload volume more than anything mm-hmm. um we do pin squats but generally it's still parallel or right below okay i'm not a huge fan of s- squatting high ever <laughs>
2: just the idea i might ch- <laughs> i might
1: change my mind on that again but yeah. like right now i like the only reason I would write like a higher squat is if it's like a rehab style thing that we need higher to work lesson. on, like range of motion. Yeah, like range of motion. Yeah, like I, I don't really like <laughs> squatting above parallel because I think you're teaching bad habits that one. So, squats probably not at all. The other two, I, I definitely like partials, even for yeah. raw lifters.
2: I think part like we use like I like I like using a pin squat and Harrison squat, like right below the point where like lifter slows down. So if it's literally at parallel, if they sink it and then they get stuck, their to right. cave at yeah. parallel, address it like right before right. and then have them hold it. And you could definitely, it's pretty obvious too, once you give someone like a decent amount of weight, like, oh, that's your spot. And if you could kind of not overload that, I don't think I would push the weight so much. I'd probably start pretty light and then build up. Yeah. Uh, but that's beneficial.
1: Yeah, like it's more of a, like a volume builder there yeah. because like, yeah, if i, I find like most raw lifters, if they get, out of the hole and get past those first few inches parallel they're gonna get the lift yeah. so training you know to a a box or a pin two to four inches higher than that like they're probably moving a ton of weight yeah. and I mean I guess if you just want to have some extra weight in your back to feel it but at that regard you're not gonna do that to me anyway so squat to depth and yeah you know, no. Maybe use maybe use reverse <laughs> bands to feel <deal> some <laughs> more weight.
2: Well, then you can do that. There's, yeah. a, there's a million yeah. ways to go about it, I think. I think that's the same thing, too. I said before, like, where did things change? Like, we'll try different things or, you know, if, if blocks wasn't working out for someone, then maybe we'll try, like, bands or chains or something. And that's, it, that also gives the lifter three different stimuluses throughout their whatever off-season, you know, they could work on
1: this podcast is gonna be super hard to follow for anyone listening because we are just like all over the
2: place. yeah we are that's right that's
0: your okay.
1: questions are in the same vein and i'm just yeah. going i mean that's okay <laughs>
0: uh so i i know one of our podcasts we talked about the goal board uh and sort of everyone's a goals while they are in competition right um what are your goals or do you set goals for individuals off season like out of competition like they should be hitting this number for mm-hmm. a certain amount of reps, and like, how is that sort of ingrained in your programming?
1: Um, yeah, like it's it's a little bit tougher because I know like if you're competing in profiting, like you're going, you have you've got very specific numbers in mind. I'm actually looking at our goal board to see if I can figure anything out off the top of my head. Um, but I can take something and be like, okay, if if someone's at this point now and they want to be at this point like this, uh, that's not, like, I'm gonna pick someone. Brian, you're terrible. Lift more weight and curl a thousand. <laughs> uh, Syed, yeah. you're helpful with those numbers, huh? Yeah. Learn yeah. to love. Um, <laughs> let's use your bench. I'll okay. use your bench. Uh, you've got 330 on there. Yeah. Your max right now is? 315. Right. So. You don't have a necessary range for that 330 written up there, but, I mean, you're doing the May meet, right? So we've got a meet in about a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're at 315 right now. I would love if we can peak you to hit 330 for that meet. It might not be reasonable. Um, But I know that you're at 315, you want to get to 330, so we're looking at 15 pounds. I can then say, okay, I think it's going to take him this long to get there. We need to be at 320 by this point, 325 by this point, 330, boom, here we are. Um, or if we want to get to 3:30, then I want them to be able to do. Uh, let's do some math in my head real quick. Like, um, That's you me. know, around 300 for a triple. Can you do 300 yeah. for a triple right now? No. Okay, we need to work on that. Okay. Do we want to hit like 3:15 for a double? Like that would like that would be a huge increase. Um, so yeah, I do have some stuff like that. Um, I do have general numbers based on like Swap engine of what you should be able to do for other lifts um, that I've just used on. My experience coaching people, like, I don't know if they're necessarily right, but, you know, s- looking at a safety squat bar and saying, okay, your safety squat bar should be roughly 80 to of 85% your, of your competition squat. If it's well below that, then that's a weakness, and maybe we need to figure that out and, and figure out why that's so low and, you know, work on the safety squat bar and work on the muscles that are getting hit harder from that movement. Um,
2: it's a good indicator. Like, yeah. I think we said it before, too, like, if we have, if you just have your lifters doing a squat bench all the time and, like, squat feels off, I'm like, all right, well, I can only see you, like, I can only see you squat and figure out a few other things, but, like, if you do a safety squat bar and you cave in instantly, like, hey, we need upper back work or something, like, yeah. it gives you a, a wider image to work with. Um, so if we set a goal, like, we might not have to, like, overload your competition squat if we can address, like, your safety squat bar, and that goes up. That by default, you <coughs> we'll yeah. fix an issue in your competition. So right,
1: well. and I know that's a lot. It's probably a, a very different than what a lot of coaches, especially like at USA Prodigy, are doing that right now. But I said just to use round numbers. Like I said, like if you want to squat 500, generally want your safety squat bar to be 400 to 425. Uh, if you're not around there, let, let's say you're well, let's say you're only at 365, um, then we need. A, then my goal is to get your safety squat bar up. And then we look at it and say, okay, like the safety squat bar is going to put more stress on your upper back. It's going to put a little more stress on your core. So let's we need to strengthen upper back and core, which would then strengthen the strength of the safety squat bar. So we can work on both of those to bring up safety squat bar, which will then, in theory, hopefully bring up your squat instead of just squatting. Um, So I like that because in my mind, like most lifters, if you look at the board right now, most lifters have squat bench and dead up, and then maybe a couple other things. In my mind. I have like 50 goals in mind yeah. that are branched off of these other goals. Like if you want to squat, like I said, if you want to squat this, then I want you to front squat this, high bar squat this, safety squat bar this, belt squat this. Uh, I have those in mind, so that I'm, I'm building up those goals, whether or not I even tell you what to do, like what the goal is, to try to build up your goal. Um, okay. And even and some as some simple as like doing more pull-ups or you know, doing more push-ups, things like that, like that will have a carryover to, will hopefully
2: have a carryover to what you're doing. It's also like, people care more about, like I, I know people that like care like, I did my single arm overhead, like single arm press, like it went up like 10 pounds. And that's something to get excited about and that like drives them more and then that might be a dumbbell row or a curl. And like, if you're focused on tangible things that kind of goals that like are within reach, and you're, with that, working on weaknesses, it's, it's a lot easier to, like, get in the gym. And
1: I, just, like, I just like having lots of small goals that we can chip away at instead of seeing a goal that's... It's not just total. It's, yeah, and, 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 and when you do see... And I think for the most part, we're pretty good here. But when you see someone that puts up a goal that you're like... Fuck. You know, you know someone's like, oh, yeah, like, I really want to squat 500. Right now, I squat 385. It's like, ah, uh, it's going to be a while. Like that's not going to happen overnight. Like, how about we shoot for like, three ninety, three ninety five, four hundred, four five. Let's knock that out and get stronger and see where you are from there. But like, I, I I just like that. Like I said, and then having. I mean, if you look at the goal list that I put up and that I kind of developed from what I see from you guys, there's like forty five different goals on there. Um, to me, that's fun that you can be like, oh, look at that. I hit another one. I hit another one. I hit another one. And the idea being that like, it should carry over to the main lifts. And if it doesn't, then we know we need to work on the main lifts more. Um, so it just gives us more feedback. I, just, I like data. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I like that stuff. Um, I want to see these numbers, because like, I can use those things to be able to evaluate and see what you're doing. Um, so I, yeah, I just I want to see more, thing, more numbers. Sick.
0: Rapid fire. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know if I can do that. Favorite <laughs> quad exercise, go. <laughs> uh, here right now, belt squat. Uh, most gyms, uh, close, close stance high bar. Uh,
0: favorite chest exercise?
1: Uh, I was just talking to Dave about this. Pro- now that we have one, decline bench press, maybe dumbbells. Uh,
0: favorite hinge exercise? RDL. Uh, favorite core exercise?
1: Oh, that one's tough because core can mean so many different things. Core Uh, strength, straight leg sit ups, Uh, core core stabilization, dead bugs.
0: And your favorite strongman event?
1: Fuck (laughs) (laughs) strongman, Kristen, Tim, Sarah, Kate, (laughs) Kate, Kate, (laughs) Kate. So your favorite Uh, strongman events? All the people here that do (laughs) strongman because we don't uh, do that shit. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh,
0: <laughs> I would say yoke, right? Oh, I hate yoke. Yeah, what? I love yoke. Uh, uh,
1: me, yeah. me personally, I, I don't know. I like log press, but I would <clears throat> to give to people farmer walks.
2: Yeah, that's the most successful. And then
0: your favorite powerlifting event?
1: For me, yeah. like I. I, I like squatting. I'm a better squatter than anything else. Yeah. But, like, I, I deadlift, I think, is a better test of, every, of, of actual strength. So I, li, I like deadlift, Sick. even though I'm not good at it. All right. Well, our next
0: podcast will address gender differences. Oh, okay. So, you know, hot topic. Hot topic. Very hot topic. Cool. Like the store. Ooh, that's a good place to head. Shout act. out to stores. Shout out to stores. Yeah. Speaking of stores, no, wait. G- TeamGBT.com isn't the store. No, what? it's not. No, but you can get coaching there. You can. And we might send you a shirt, maybe, if you plan. Yeah,
1: we'll get, no. yeah. No we'll, no. no, we'll give you a hot topic if she forget. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. To send in questions, DM me on Instagram at Syed underscore likes underscore stuff. Follow the gym on Instagram at TeamGPT. For more information about the gym, visit GleasonPerformance.com and join the team. For online coaching, go to TeamGPT.com.